0: Food Heals Podcast, Episode
1: 66. Immediately I thought, oh my God, who's she in love with? Like, I hope it's not mine. <gasps> oh, yeah. You know, because he's <laughs> my best friend. And I was like, well, with who? And she said, I'm in love with Phil. And I said, oh, thank God, because I'm in love with Steve.
2: <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast
0: may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status
1: update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet to Kardashian immediately.
0: Alright, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Lorelai Shellist. Lorelai is an author, a speaker, a fashion icon archetype's founder, image consultant, and inner beauty empowerment coach who brings new meaning to the definition of the word supermodel.
2: You heard part one of our interview with Lorelei on the last episode of the Food Heals Podcast. And if you didn't, you definitely want to go back to that episode before listening to this one. And today we're going to dive even deeper into Lorelai's inspiring story and her film. Here we go again with the French. Post- <laughs> her film, po se Peau, Skin on Skin. You really nailed the accent in that one. <laughs> oh, Merci. <laughs>
0: Merci beaucoup. I can't do it at all I'm Spanish trained okay so from now on we're just going to call it skin on skin food heals nation <laughs> but before we get to part two of our interview with Lorelai we have to tell you about today's sponsor
2: our sponsor today is the global healing center where you can get organic healthy supplements detox products and more for 20% off using our discount code food Heals. And the Global
0: Healing Center is one of our favorite companies because they truly practice what they preach, and their mission and their values are in perfect alignment with ours. While operating a full-time health clinic in 1998, Global Healing Center founder and CEO, Dr. Edward Group, realized that he wanted to reach and help people beyond the walls of his practice. He became obsessed with finding a way to spread the message of health, happiness and nutrition to the global community. Sounds familiar, huh, Seuss?
2: (laughs) Sounds very familiar. familiar. His longing to serve a larger part of the population led him to close the clinic and focus his energy on what he believed would be the future of business and communication as a whole, the internet. Global Healing Center was born with the simple goal of providing helpful, relevant information and support to people around the world who sought to improve their health. That also sounds familiar. Ever since, it has been their mission to bring back good health, positive thinking, happiness, and love to the world.
0: And that's a message we can get behind. We love their products. Check out their skincare line, which includes their luscious, wrinkle-reducing, parfait visage face lotion, and Aqua Spirit refreshing spray.
2: And check out their line of health and detox kits, which includes their nine-step body cleanse kit their liver cleanse kit, and they even have a mental wellness kit. I think I need that one right about now. I think there are many people that could use that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All this and more at
0: GlobalHealingCenter.com. Make sure to use the discount code FOODHEALS for 20% off
2: plus free shipping on your purchase. Next up, part two of our interview with Lorelai. The Food Heals podcast starts now. Our guest today is Lorelai Shellist. She's producing a fashion film titled Peu Skin on Skin, directed by award-winning director Robert E. Ball, Jr., based on her memoir about a teenage girl who runs away from home to follow her dreams. Her film is slated as a world premiere at the La Jolla International Fashion Film Festival in July 2016. Lai
0: has appeared internationally in films, TV, commercials, and print, and has gone on the road as a singer-songwriter. In her memoir, Runway, Runaway, a backstage pass to fashion, romance, and rock and roll, Lai inspires with her perseverance, determination, survival skills, and wit, and describes the process of overcoming the devastating loss of the love of her life, Steve Clark of the band Def
2: Leppard. Lorelei holds a master's degree in spiritual psychology, unconsciousness, health, and healing from the University of Santa Monica. Her nonprofit organization, I Am Dreams with Wings, teaches critical life skills to at-risk teens. Lorelai also offers two scholarships at Mesa College in San Diego. The Shellist Music Scholarship, which provides a full tuition for vocational students of music, and the Runway Runaway Fashion Design Scholarship.
0: Here is part two of our interview with Lorelei. All right, so we're talking about all this stuff like manifestation and your book Runway, Runaway and following your dreams. We haven't gotten deep into your story. So earlier you were telling us about what, you know, encouraged you to start making the film. So you're a teenage runaway. You've decided to be a model. Your parents are not supporting you. You moved to New York. Can you tell us kind of what transpired after that
1: time? (laughs) This is one of those, be careful what you wish for because you'll Get your wish, and then it's going to be hard. Um,
0: so you got your wish. You started modeling. You were doing all right.
1: I was doing okay in L.A., and I thought I was doing pretty okay, but I wanted to go to New York, of mm-hmm. course, because you had to go to New York. And I, I was working as a nanny one summer, and the family happened to be – wanted me to escort their little girl to New York to take the little girl to the grandparents in on the East Coast. And they said, well, while you're there waiting for her to visit her grandparents, why don't you go – check out the agencies because you said you wanted to move to New York. So here I was with some people that were supporting me in my dream. So I took the little three-year-old to their grandparents and I went into the city and I made some appointments and I went to see the agencies and I got in to see Eileen Ford and she liked me. She said, well yes I'd like to take you into the agency and I said that's great and she said well we'll start sending you out on appointments immediately and I said well wait a minute <laughs> I, I got I'm, I'm, I'm a nanny and I've got to take this child back to Los Angeles and then I've got to get rid of my apartment and sell my car but I'll come back mm-hmm. and so she said oh well okay well and so we made a deal that I would come back in September it was some, you know July or something and so I went back to you know finished the job end of summer went back Emptied my apartment, sold my car for $800, and moved to New York with my $800.
0: And how old were you at this point? 16. Amazing. Wow.
1: Yeah. And I walk into the Ford agency, and I go in to meet with her, and I said, I'm here, I'm ready to work, and they had me sitting in the lobby, and then eventually they took me into this conference room, and here comes Eileen Ford, and she she looks at me, and she said, who are you? (gasps) And I said, well, I'm Lorelei, you know, I I just, you told me, you know, she said, and she said, well, let me see your book. And I opened up my portfolio, and she starts flipping through my book and going, oh, oh, these Los Angeles photographers, they don't don't know how to shoot fashion. I can't believe it. She said, I can't possibly take you into this agency with a book like that.
0: Oh, heart crushing.
1: Oh, my God. I was, I, I looked at her, and I was like, I was in shock for a moment. I couldn't speak. And then she said, I'm sorry. And she closed the book and she said, thank you for coming. And I just went like this and I just stamped my foot. And I looked at her and I said, are you kidding me? I said, do you know that I just gave up my apartment, sold my car and drove all the way across country to come to your agency because you said you wanted me? And I said, I am not leaving until you agree, you know, live up to your agreement. And she <laughs> looked at me and she said, Wow. Well, okay.
0: Wow. Amazing. So, that <laughs> was, yeah. you, girl.
1: That yeah. was like the first hurdle. And I mean, I could not believe it. I was really.
2: Oh. Were you, how did you, like, how did you, later, because it took me. I mean, you're so young when, that, when you did that. Yeah. Good for you. It took me a really long time to learn to be able to do that. To just like, stand up to somebody and say, No, this is what you said, and I'm going to make you honor it. <laughs> How, did you, were you surprised that she actually said, OK? I mean, that, that's. She, you know what she
1: did? She saw a piece of, of, of herself in me. Mm. You know, she respected it. She was like, oh, my God, this girl is like just like me because she's a businesswoman. Yeah. And she didn't give up because she didn't get to where she was by giving up.
0: Well, if you had walked out of there with your head held down, she would have been like, all right, never, never thought Next. about you again. Next. No. But you sat there and you stood in your power. And it's like she saw that force.
1: Well, you know, I didn't have the luxury of another option.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and that's Which a huge driving bl- It's a blessing, right? Yeah. If yeah. you had your trust fund or like what everyone <laughs> thinks like, you know, a 16-year-old moving to New York would have, that's what you would assume, right? That you, if you had something to fall back on, you may not have stood in that power. Right. But you didn't and that was the only option and i think that is such a great story i love that and i heard you tell it in your book and it's even
1: better in person (laughs) (laughs) but you know and you know what's interesting is that you know, for a long time I carried it around like, oh, what was me? I didn't have the opportunity of having money behind me or finances behind me or somebody to support me. But now I've, you know, reframed that whole experience into a blessing. Yeah. That if I had had all of that, I might not have had the tenacity to to stand up to someone like Eileen Ford. And she was scary. <laughs> you path. know, they're making a TV show. I found out today about her. That's it's really called cool. The Model Woman. Yeah. It's going to be a TV show. Uh, It's going to be a series, The Model Woman. And, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how they portray her. But I can tell you, she was a tough cookie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: So how long did you work with her for?
1: Well, I guess I was with her uh, not that long. (laughs) Because, to be honest with you, Uh, She didn't really support me. She let me stay in the agency, but she didn't really support me because she didn't really find me and she didn't really have an investment in me. Mm -hmm. I was very independent. I had taken my $800 and I had rented an apartment for, I guess the rent was like $325 a month, which was a lot of money for me in those days. Sure. uh, You know, you could get an apartment for half of that. In L.A. Mm -hmm. But so I had put out most of my money to getting a first and last month's rent kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, well, to be honest with you, she was interested in the Swedish girls that were coming over that she was sending out to parties and dates with like the lawyers and the people who financed her agency. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to go. So she kind of put me on a shelf. Mm -hmm. And so it was very discouraging and I had a lot of friends in the music business that I had known from L.A. that just happened to be living there. And, you know, I started going down the wrong path. I mean, I had a job as a waitress, and they were sending me around, but they were, it wasn't like anybody cared about my career, or what I was going to do, you know, building me or developing me or anything like that. And what I didn't know then, which is something I know now, is that if they invest in you, if they're paying your rent, If they're advancing you your money, if they are paying for your pictures, then they've got money in the game. Mm -hmm. So they get you work because they want to get their money back. But if you are doing those things on your own, they don't have to get you work. They want to get work for the girls that owe them money. Mm -hmm. So, rule of thumb, everybody, if you're listening to this, get them to pay for as much as they will pay for because then they've got some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. I was trying to be independent. I was coming from that place of, oh, I don't deserve anybody to pay for my way. So I'm going to do it myself.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And it didn't serve me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I wish I knew then what I know now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when people are invested, then they want to help make it happen. Right. You know, and that's the thing about investing in each other's dreams. Yeah. If I invest in your dream, I'm going to help you make it happen.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: I've got I a skin in, in the game. Yeah. And if you invest in mine, you're going to want to see me be a success. Yeah, and you, you want too. to make it good. And that's why now, when I talk to people about their dreams and I say, well, what's it, you know, I want to help finance their dreams, even if it's $25. Because I want to have some skin in the game of their dreams. Because when they win, I win. Yep. You know, and when I win, they win. And we all win and that's the whole collective consciousness Mm -hmm. of saying yes we are a team you know it's not you it's not me it's everyone yeah we're all in this together we're all on this planet together you know that's what
0: your life was apparently about you know when like we were saying earlier when you were going through it you couldn't see all this but now you can look back and reflect and go oh This taught me this lesson. It's amazing. So you're modeling, you're doing well. Tell us what happens next.
1: Well, eventually I moved over to another agency. I went over to the agency called Zoli. Because, you know, and I was a a brunette, you know, Auburn brunette. And what was going on in the 70s were all these Cheryl Teague types and the Christy Brinkley types. And I was not one of them. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the turned up nose apple pie, all American apple pie look. And that was what was going on over there. Eileen was bringing girls over from Sweden that looked like that. And the Swedish girls would go out to dinner with all of her financers. So I went over to this agency called Zoli and Zoli was sort of like the king of exotic beauties. And I thought, Oh great. You know, I, I, I finally have someone who can appreciate my look and same thing happened. I got put on the new faces board They sent me around, but no one was really... Again, no one had any skin in the game. And eventually, I said, you know, this is crazy. I'm working as a waitress. I'm running around on these appointments. I'm getting jobs, but they're not paying anything. Like, I would get a job working in Vogue magazine, but it didn't pay. But, Mm -hmm. you know, well, guess what? You got to be in Vogue. Right, right. You know, so, like, the prestige of being in Vogue didn't pay my rent. (laughs) Right. And so... um. I decided to pound the pavement on uh, 7th Avenue and go in and see if I could get some, you know, modeling work. At least it was modeling work. And uh, knocked on the doors and went up and down the elevators there until I got a job working for Jeffrey Bean. Mm-hmm. And that was a break for me. And then when Jeffrey Bean hired me and he said, you know, I want to give you a contract. And, you know, I didn't even know Jeffrey Bean was all that. But apparently he was. Uh-huh. He was just a name on the register. I was like, okay, I know that name. I'll go to that one next. And I was literally going up the elevator knocking on doors. Wow. And um, so I get the job. And so I realized that Zoli was going to want a percentage because he was my agent. So I went back to Zoli and I said, and I had a meeting and I went in and I, and I said to him, I said, you know, I'm going to be making $250 a week. Okay. Models were making that by the hour. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in those days, you know, to be a cabine girl, you know, you got paid by the week. It was a salary and you had to be there every day. And if you wanted to go out and do other stuff, you had to do it during your lunch hour Mm -hmm. and things like that. But it was a sacrifice, but it was modeling and it was a way to make money. Mm -hmm. I went back to Zoli and I said, I got this job working for Jeffrey Bean. And to be quite honest, Zoli, you know, I'm happy to pay you your commission, but you know I got this job by myself and you guys aren't really pushing me so you know I don't really want to pay you the commission and he, you know his commission was what 10% it was gonna be $25 or something mm-hmm. <laughs> he laughed he said don't worry Lorelai but he was very impressed because guess what I was working for Jeffrey Bean mm-hmm. and he didn't get me that so pretty much Every step of the way, I was getting my own work.
0: You were your own agent, your own PR person. You were your own everything. (laughs) I
1: didn't know. I wish I'd known. I wish I'd known I was good at it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I was getting rejected right and left. You know, but so I just kept mustering up, then what's the next thing I had to do? What was the next thing I had to do until finally, you know, not, you know, eventually, and I want to say like nine years from the time I started until the time I was discovered mm-hmm. by Carl Lagerfeld at Chanel in Paris.
0: Was that the I made it moment? Yeah.
1: Well, everyone else thought I made it. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? I thought I've been doing this all along. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> that's how it happens. The overnight success. Yeah. yeah. No, it's never overnight. <laughs> no. It's like, I've been working at this for 10 years, oh. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's true. It's true. Yeah. It's
1: true. It's like people watch these re- these reality TV shows and they think that someone just made a, a celebrity out of mm-hmm. these people. Those, like, that show Duck Dynasty, people think that's a fluke. Those people strategized that show for yeah. years. The Kardashian
2: mother was trying to get her family a reality show for years. Yeah. Years. It, it was Finally, Issa like yeah. said yes. But it was not, yeah. That's that interesting. Was, you're right. It's strategized. Yeah.
1: And those were dreams of those people. And they just kept going and mm-hmm. kept going and kept going. And like, what's my next step? What's right. my next step? Mm-hmm. And that's the secret to following dreams. What is the next step? Mm-hmm. And showing up and taking the step and not giving up. Yeah, Yeah. and not giving up. You know, and I mean, there are moments, like even right now in the middle of this campaign, I said to one of my angels, I call my team my angels because they're volunteering right now. No one's getting paid yet. And I keep saying, don't worry, I'm going to (laughs) pay. But they are in, in it because they know that they're learning and they're supporting something that's bigger than them and they don't know what's coming. Something always comes. And I said to Laura the other day, I said, you know, Laura, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't have, the, I don't have the energy anymore. It was Sunday night. I'd been working all week on it. Right. She said, don't worry, Laura, you're just tired. You know. And I said, I know, but it's just like I don't think I've got it in me to keep, you know, like calling people and doing this. And then she said, honey, you're just tired. And I went to bed and said my prayers, and you know, I woke up the next morning at five thirty in the morning. Bam. Back to work, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I I was so happy that I woke up at 5.30 instead of 7.30 because I had a whole hour to do my gratitude. Oh, my God, it's early. I can really spend some time in in my quiet time and myself. I can really do my gratitude. I can really, really, really nurture and nourish myself. Your show's about food. It's about nourishment. Mm -hmm. And this is a way of nourishing yourself in nourishing your soul
0: yeah I totally agree and I like that you said one hour because you know I want I need to hear that because in the past I usually do 15 minutes and I feel like that's a long time but an entire hour imagine what you could manifest so So thank
1: you and you know what do you do in that hour it goes by fast First, I make my coffee. You know, I watched Oprah's Soul Sunday, and she had all these people like, "What is your, you know, what is your sacred time place?" Yeah. And a lot of people yeah. get up and they make their coffee. You know, some people go right to their phone. Yeah, which um, is
0: not recommended. No, by
1: the way. you know, I thought that was really interesting. Interesting. What's her name? The one that wrote Eat, Pray, Love.
2: Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. Yeah,
1: Elizabeth Gilbert. She goes right to her Facebook page. I, I don't get it. She she gets her feed from her fans I don't believe that we sh- I don't think that we need to go out there to be fed mm. I think we need to feed ourselves it's kind of like the loaves and the fishes you know you, we feed ourselves there's enough for us Yeah, that's where we we we, we begin from a whole place and right. that's how we feed ourselves and that's how we make ourselves whole and I, and I mean I loved Eat Pray Love but Runway Runaway is like E pray love on steroids. Yeah, it's your own you know?
0: journey, absolutely.
1: It, and so, for me, it's about taking that quiet time and being. So, I make my coffee, and then I go. Sometimes I'll go back to bed if it's cold and it's wintry, and I yeah. want to be in my bed. Right my now, dog, my dog gets on my bed with me, and then I get my, you know, I get my earphones in, and I get my gratitude book, and I get, sometimes I bring my angel cards in there, or uh, I have a room that's in. Uh, a little ashram that I created after a trip to India that I did. And I go and I sit on the floor in there and I like, but I always like candles mm-hmm. and I do clearings, you yeah. know, I'll clear the room and, uh, you know, you can do that with sage or incense or Epsom salts and alcohol, mm-hmm. however you want to do it. And, uh, and sometimes I'll do free form writing, which yes. is at the prison, we call it freedom writing where you write out everything that's bugging you or, Whatever, until you get it out of your head. Great way to start the day.
0: It is one of my favorite things to do. It's better than therapy for me. It's more powerful than therapy. Yeah. Get it out on paper, burn it, trash it. it, get rid of it. It takes the energy out of that. Yeah. And it enables you to act in a better way than you would have come about your day with all that anger, frustration, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, because things are going to trigger you. No matter how grateful, happy, and peaceful you are, things are going to trigger you. I don't yeah. know if that ever goes away.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But if you can clear the slate before you go into your day, yeah, then you go in on a peace level. Yeah. You know, you clear all the muck. Like like you can just write wake up and write, Oh my God, I've gotta write a letter to John Paul Mitchell Salon today to see if they'll sponsor the film. What the heck am I going to write? They don't know who I am from Adam. You know, I don't know what to say to those people. I can't do this. La, 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 la. And you just (laughs) write it, write it, write it. it. And then you go burn it. And then you write the letter to John Paul Mitchell. Yeah. With the, with the, The the, after
0: the gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fidials Nation, if anyone has a connection to John Paul Mitchell, put us in touch, please. Yeah. Just saying.
1: I'm giving him free advice. I mean, not, not advice, free publicity right now. Hello. No, but I just, I do happen to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody uh, uh, at John Paul Mitchell, so I had to write this letter. But one woman that I know from the university, I mean, she gets up in the morning at like 4 in the morning and starts doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. She's a counselor. Yeah, She's a therapist. A lot
0: of people can do it. Yeah, It's not for me, but... (laughs) I can't get up until the sun is up. I can't get up before when it's still Mm -hmm. dark out. You know, I know people that go to these meditations that start at 3 and 4 a.m. I can't do it. Not for me.
1: Do you ever... Let me ask this. I wonder if anybody out there who's listening to this ever wakes up at 4 o'clock in the morning and is just laying there wide awake at 4 o'clock or 4.30 in the morning.
0: Actually, I know a lot of people are. We've gotten questions mm-hmm. about um, mm-hmm. sleep problems and how to stay asleep and things like that. So if anyone has advice that they want to talk about, we definitely need to do a sleep episode.
2: <laughs> well, here's what... Well, you. Are, I'm sorry. Are you relating to sort of the sacred time and like the... I know that in India... Mm-hmm. I forget which or where this comes from, but like, you know, they but they wake at that hour, or even earlier, like 3.30. Is that... Um... It's sacred
1: in all uh, uh, cultures. I call it the witching hour.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was the time of day where the witches, you know, back in the day when they were uh, burning with them, these goddesses at the stake, they would be... In order to not to be found, they would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and they would do their rituals together
2: mm. um. because
1: then nobody knew what they were doing. Well, there's
2: some, but there is something um, to it, and it, I, I don't, forgive me, I'm tired. If, if it was like an Ayurveda or... A part of Kundalini, actually, they do it at Kundalini. Yeah, That's they get the up people really, I know, really early and, and they, they go take to Golden cold Bridge. showers, yeah. and then they do their they do yeah. their various practices. So yes, it is the wishing hour. But then there's also it's something something spiritual. Indian culture. I don't yeah. know.
1: Well, because of that, because of the history that you're sharing right now, that is a sacred time to be doing those practices. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a universal sacred time to be doing your spiritual practices. So. You know, if you ever wake up at that time and you're just laying there at wake, that's the universe giving you an opportunity to go inside and be conscious and connect with yourself. It's not a time to find a way to go back to sleep or find mm. something else to do. It's the the way I see it when it happens to me. And a lot of women go through this. I don't know who, if any, you guys are y- younger than me, but going through menopause or perimenopause, anybody out there who's going through mer- perimenopause, it's no mistake that they're getting woken up at two in the clock in the morning, and they can't sleep. You know, they call it insomnia. It's not insomnia. It is the time of life when we reevaluate our lives and we go, "What am I doing here? Why am I here? What is my purpose? You know, who am I?" Because mm-hmm. you've been doing, 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 doing up we'll until that point. look forward to, Allison. <laughs> yeah, and when it happens, if I you... do that already. <laughs> Now i got to get woken up? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, you look at it, if you look at it that way, though, it's not such a disturbance. You go, oh, wow, the universe wants me to talk to myself and go inside and let me think about what did I not do. You know, maybe, maybe what am I thankful for, whatever. Yeah. It's that kind of time. It's not like, oh, gosh, I can't sleep. I better go watch TV.
0: Yeah, this is a reframe for me because that's what I think. I, I don't think I need to go watch TV, but I think, how do I get myself back to sleep with every right. every you know possible way?
1: No, you know what I do? Mm-hmm. I go, okay, you guys, what do you want me to know? Mm, it's a you download time. Yeah, talk yeah. to the angels. What Love do you it. want me to know? You know, our um, professor of our university, Dr. Ron... Yes. He says his bedtime intentions, which is another way of saying your bedtime prayers. And he says, dear God, um, please, you know, my intention is to sleep deeply tonight, to be able to dream, uh, to to dream in a language that I can understand and wake up fully refreshed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything I forgot to do today, wake me up tomorrow and let me know it's great
0: Mm -hmm. it's fabulous in other words
1: don't wake me up tonight wake me up tomorrow
0: (laughs) but also dreaming in a way that you understand because how many times do we have dreams and go I don't know what that means but I was really affected by it and then you write it down and you know I've looked in dream uh, interpretation books and things like that and I still can't always make sense of it so in Ron's class he basically tells you to ask it to whatever you need to know because dreams are messages to be shown in a way that you will comprehend, that you will understand. Because how many messages do we get that we go, I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> and that is the metaphor of following your dreams. Mm. Because in your dreams, in your unconscious state, is the clearing, Is the are the messages in how we are uh, sort of evolving mm-hmm. in this life that we are awake in. So during our awake hours, we have these dreams we call daydreams. Right. And then we think about what is it, you know, and dreams are just another word for goals, you know, our goals, the things that we desire, the things that we're going after. You right. came here to be an actress, mm-hmm. you know, and not to lose sight of it. There there will be other things that will come in and fill in the blanks. But you will always go back to your dream because if you have to live your dream you have to live your dream like we don't have a choice mm-hmm. because it will keep bothering us until we do it and we will find a way to do it like you have decided to write mm-hmm. so that you could write a part for yourself that you can act mm-hmm. that is real for you mm-hmm. that's your dream and so you're, you're 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 gonna continue to dream until you fulfill your dream and I hate to say it's not going to be easier, that it's going to be hard, because I don't want to say that it is. It, it just is what it is right. so that we can grow.
0: According to your book, you moved from New York to Europe to continue modeling, and out there you found the love of your life, who just happened to be someone a little bit famous that Food Heals Nation might know, um, Steve Clark of Def Leppard. Can you tell me about that?
1: Well, Steve... Oh my gosh, yeah, he was the love of my life. Um, I met Steve, I guess I was about 23. I had just landed the contract at Chanel and I was working for Karl Lagerfeld and I had this full-time job and I knew the manager who managed the band, Def Leppard. Mm -hmm. I had known him from my New York days and back then he had worked with ACDC and he'd worked with the Scorpions and all these bands and I I wasn't really into that kind of music I had come from California, the Southern California sound, I had been Don Henley's girlfriend so I was hanging around with the Eagles in my younger years and then by the time I got over to Paris uh, this friend of mine Peter Mintz shows up in Paris and he manages Def Leppard Mm -hmm. and they were just a bunch of little puppies at the time, they were a new band And he invited me to come to this show. And I said, oh, Peter, you know, I love you. I'd love to see you. You know, we can have lunch or dinner or whatever, but I'm just not interested in in that kind of music or your band. But, Mm -hmm. you know, let's get together. And I kind of blew him off. He couldn't believe it. (laughs) That's not
0: what he was used to. No.
1: And not only that, Def Leppard had just landed you know like become the biggest thing since sliced bread Mm -hmm. in America from Mm -hmm. the Pyromania tour so like all the girls were in love with Def Leppard and I was like yeah right I don't I'm not interested (laughs) (laughs) so long story short a couple of weeks later uh, Steve and Phil were coming to Paris and they um, had two weeks break and so Peter my friend their manager called me up again and he said look you know, do me a favor and look out for these guys because you speak French and you live there and everything and they don't know anything. And they're, and I just don't want them to get into trouble. So keep an eye out for mm-hmm. them. So he sent them to me. And I was like, oh, God, you know, I'm so busy. I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. But I agreed. And so they showed up at my door and I opened my front door and in comes Phil Collin, the guitar, one of the guitar players, who's, by the way, a vegan, mm-hmm. total. Never heard you know, of that. Yeah, he's a rock solid rock star right now I mean he's amazing mm-hmm. he comes bouncing up the stairs and I was like oh hello nice to meet you You know, and then around the corner comes this beautiful vision this glorious angel just shows up all of a sudden we just looked at each other and no one spoke and then very quietly he said hello well, I'm Steve mm-hmm. and, I, and I said I'm Lorelai come on in you know and I, I invited him in and it really was love at first sight yeah, and so we uh, we all went out together. Hit my roommate and Phil and Steve and I. The four of us went out, and it was pretty obvious by the end of the evening who was going to end up with who. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Steve and I were tête-à-tête all night long, talking at the restaurant, and Phil and Valerie had hooked up. You know, they were totally. But mm-hmm. at the end of the evening, uh, we sent them home, and they couldn't believe that we were sending them home. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, we'll call you a taxi. And they actually left there and had decided that she and I had to be lesbians because why would we send them away? Ah.
2: (laughs) Didn't we know who they were? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Talk
1: about ego. (laughs) Oh my god. No, no, this all came out later. Uh Anyway, because you know they were there for two weeks, so we were there, we were supposed to be looking after them, but we couldn't wait. You know, as soon as they left, I closed the door and I said, Oh my god. I said to my roommate, you know, we're 23 years old. She was like 22, 21 at the time. I said, Valerie, oh, my God, I'm in love. And she said, so am
0: I. Oh, those are the best moments of like growing up when you like have those moments when you're with your best friend and you're both in love with like a fun group of guys. Like that is so much fun.
1: But immediately I thought, oh, my God, who's she in love with? Like, I hope it's not mine. Oh, yeah.
0: You know, because he's (laughs) my
1: best friend. And I was like, and she said, I said, well, with who? And she said, I'm in love with Phil. And I said, oh, thank God, because I'm in love with Steve. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and so then it went on from there. And so, yes, we fell in love and we we became engaged. I think, I guess we were engaged like a year or two later. Mm -hmm. And he was busy doing his career. I was busy doing mine. They were writing the Hysteria album at the time. There was a lot of challenges with the band at the time. There was a lot of moving around and we would had a pact that we would see each other, you know, that we would not go longer than two weeks without seeing each other. So one of us would fly to one of us at wherever we were Mm -hmm. working at the time Mm -hmm. so that we could be together. It was great. It was lovely.
0: Beautiful. And so how long were you together?
1: Well, we were only together seven years. He had a drinking problem, and that grew, you know, it got worse and worse. Uh, After the Hysteria tour, they toured for two years straight, and by the end of the tour, he was a wreck. And I had reached out to a lot of people. I tried to get help. I didn't know what to do about it. Nobody really believed me. Mm. They thought that we were just having marital issues or, you know, uh, relationship issues and that no one really wanted to look at the truth. Sure. And I kept bringing up the truth. And so everyone was mad at me mm. because, you know, he was a lovely guy mm-hmm. and he could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you guys, I, I live with him. I know what's really going on here. And this is scary. Yeah. So eventually I had to put my foot down and I actually left him at an AA meeting. Huh. And I said, when you get sober, come home. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And I waited. And he did try to come home a few times, but he was drunk. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was told, don't let him in. Yeah. I was going to Al-Anon at the time, and they said, look, he's dangerous. He was dangerous when he would drink. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I waited until I eventually got the phone call that he died. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. <laughs> that was really the turning point in my life. That was really a wake-up call for me. It's what put me on the spiritual path.
0: I can imagine because when you're so young and you're dealing with death, it's like we don't know how to handle that at any age, not just at a young age. But, you know, I dealt with the death of both of my parents in my young 20s. And that's what put me on my nutritional and spiritual path as well. And had I not had to go through that, I wouldn't be on the same path you know and so i have to look back and go well this got me here yeah. and it's hard to do that because that was the those were the biggest tragedies of my life and it sounds like this was the biggest tragedy in your life but it really shapes us
1: i think it does i think that the thing that shapes us is loss mm-hmm. is the grieving process yes. it is the wake up call it's yes. like the rug gets pulled out from under your life and you have to go okay What's really going on here? Right. I can imagine what that must have been like. I mean, I can't imagine. What am I saying? I can't imagine what what it must be like to lose your parents at that age.
0: Yeah, and I think at I any age. Yeah, at any age it's terrible. <sighs> it's the worst thing. You know, I can possibly imagine. I know there, you know, there's terrible things going on all the time, but that's my experience. And that's what has shaped me. So what did you do after you lost Steve? What was, did your life go into turmoil? Did you immediately find spirituality? Like, what was that process like?
1: Well, I had always been sort of a soul seeker. Mm -hmm. It was one of the things he liked about me. Yeah, And, um... Because he was always asking me, Lorelai, what's the deeper meaning, you know, and I would make mm-hmm. I would make stuff up. I guess it's this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but what really happened, and I write about this in the book, was when he was going through that, and I had left him, and he wasn't coming home sober because mm-hmm. I thought, oh well, that'll wake him up, you know, and it didn't. Yeah. Um, i got woken up at four in the morning it was one of those mm. four in the morning wake-up calls you know where the universe spoke to me or the inner voice or whatever it is and it said lorelei you need to take care of yourself wow i mean it
0: really it was clear said it yeah it
1: was like the words were in the room i was in this i was staying in the, uh, the apartment in paris it was the middle of the night i was getting ready to do the collections I was crying my eyes out before I went to sleep because I missed him so much, and mm-hmm. I was so worried about him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I get this like wake-up call. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. That was all I heard. And so from that point on, I had to learn what did that mean? Mm-hmm. What was that message that I was getting? How do I take care of myself? Yeah. And it's like you said, it, you do it through nutrition. You do it through uh, you know, taking care of your physical body, you do it through, you know, taking care of your consciousness, writing free form letters, all that stuff. Yeah. But I, at that point, I really committed myself to the process of learning how to do that, take care of myself.
0: That's beautiful, and it's so unfortunate that beautiful things have to come out of tragedy sometimes. And you know, we hate to think about that, but I'm glad that you were able to overcome that because. A lot of people, when they lose someone, they can go down a dark path as well. And it sounds like you transformed this.
1: Yeah. I was fortunate Mm. is the word. And, you know, people suffer losses in many ways. You can lose your house in a fire. You could lose a child. You could lose a lover. You could lose a wife, a spouse, a husband. You could lose your house in a tornado. I mean, I really got that everyone experiences loss at one time or another. So it's not... What happened? It's how you deal with what happened. Yeah. It's what you do with it at the end. You know, when you watch, you watch people on the news and they, you know, their houses get blown away from a tornado or a fire and they go, wow, at least we have each other. Yeah. Because you really get that moment of truth of like, what really is important?
0: What matters? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so did
0: this affect your career, your dreams? How did it affect the rest of what you were doing?
1: Well. It definitely thwarted the dream of having a family for me because mm. we had always talked about how it was going to be for us. Yeah. We were going to finish the tour. We were going to get married. We were going to have kids. We were going to have two dogs, you know, and and none of that happened. Sure. So there was a lot of uh, reconciling that and then years going by because then I get into my 30s and then time is passing and I'm not meeting anybody that I want to have children with or that nobody's asking me to like hey let's get married and have children and you know it took a long time to get over it and then by the time I actually did meet someone and I actually did marry um, and I was 38 years old mm-hmm. and we got married and I had a miscarriage and then I had a DNC and then I didn't you know then I couldn't get pregnant again and and then I wanted to do in vitro and he didn't want to do it because he didn't believe in that and mm. next thing you know I'm 42 years old and no baby mm-hmm. so it you know then I had to deal with that loss, the loss of the idea of being a mother.
0: Yeah, because that's just as powerful as a tangible loss. It's mm-hmm. the loss of something that the dream, loss of an idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly, the dream.
1: So you know, everything that we want or that we go after, there's the reality of what it looks like, and if it if it, if we if we achieve it, and if we don't, how are we going to be with that? Yeah. And so, what's better? And now I work with at-risk runaway teens, and I, you know, I sort of, the way I look at it is like, oh, okay, so God didn't want me to just take care of one child or two children. He wanted me to look after lots of kids, you know, or help students or whatever. So, I mean, that's what I've done with it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I have chills when you say that, because it's absolutely the truth, you know, because you wouldn't have been able to do what you're doing had you followed a different path. Absolutely. I would have
1: been a mom, and, you know, and that would have been great, And I would have probably been set up financially because I'd have been married to Steve Clark of Def Leppard who sold gazillions of records. (laughs) Right. And I wouldn't have had to worry about money. Mm -hmm. And that's not what happened.
0: (laughs) It never is quite what we think it's going to be, is it? (laughs) No, but we've...
1: Soldier on, you know? (laughs) Yes,
0: we do. And that's certainly what you're doing with your book and your film and all the amazing things that we're going to keep talking about. And we're going to tell Food Heals Nation how they can be a part of Lorelai's film. All the perks from her GoFundMe fundraising campaign. We'll be right back. Food Heals Nation, if you are looking for the highest quality supplements, the most luscious organic skincare, and a brand name that you can trust to be free from toxic chemicals, look no further than the Global Healing Center. I have been using their products for years. Their Parfait Visage Face Lotion literally makes my skin look younger. And it comes in a beautiful bottle, so it is perfect as a gift as well. And the Oxy Powder Colon Cleanse Capsules are the most powerful detox supplements I have ever. Ever use, they get everything out and they don't leave you feeling full or uncomfortable. The mission of the Global Healing Center is to bring back good health, positive thinking, happiness, and love, and they want to help you realize that your body is a self-healing mechanism. Well, I couldn't agree more. So I've teamed up with Dr. Group and the Global Healing Center to bring you a discount exclusive to Food Heals listeners. Go to their website at globalhealingcenter.com, pick out the items you want, and use the discount code Heals, all one word, for 20% off your purchase. Plus, free shipping to the U.S. and Canada. 20% off is a great deal, Food Heals Nation. I love their products, and I know you will,
2: too. You're listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.
0: All right, Food Heels Nation, we're back with Lorelai Shellist, author, speaker, and fashion model. Lorelai has her own fashion label, Runway Runaway, collection, featuring her signature wardrobe staple, the dream dress for the woman on the run who thrives in her skin.
2: Lorelai would be honored to have you as part of her Siren Star Angel Dream Team. Please check out her project, Dreams with Wings, to learn how to help launch her inspiring film to inspire the pursuit of your dreams and the dreams of all those around you www.gofundme.com slash dreamswithwings. How can
0: Food Heals Nation be a
1: part of this film? <laughs> well, okay. That was great. You girls, I love that. I want a copy of all what you're saying about me. make me sound <laughs> so precious. Of course. Um, well, first of all, everyone who's involved becomes automatically a member of our Siren Star Angel Dream Team. That means you're one of the angels. You're one of us. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, we have a closed group and so we all connect with each other and we support each other in our dreams so it puts you into the energy field of dreams Mm -hmm. and also you'll automatically get we will give you um your name in the films and credits and to and you'll be graciously acknowledged on all our social media platforms so we will be thanking you publicly or privately depending on if you want to be anonymous or not Mm -hmm. but there are different levels like for 25 dollars you can get the Fashion Icon Archetypes Affirmation Poster that you can keep up in your bathroom or in your bedroom, you know, on your closet door. And, you you know, you say beautiful things to yourself about inner beauty and feeling good and looking good. When you feel good, you look good. Love it. And that's just starting at $25. And then you can work your way up to the next, which is $35. And we have some fantastic products from a makeup company called ybf beauty products mm-hmm. and it's one of our sponsors ybf beauty products are sold worldwide and they are amazing makeup products your
2: best friend
1: your best friend. i've
2: had some of their products before you do, I just yeah. realized that yeah, yeah oh that's what ybf means yeah.
1: yes your best friend
0: oh that's lovely and love you know that.
1: actually they were uh, this sponsor came to me from a gal that I used to model with years ago and she knows about makeup and she started this company and it's not only are the products good but the packaging is all bling yeah. Yeah, I mean it it's so pretty yeah
2: you don't have to tell me I know <laughs> yes. I, had, I had some other like concealing products I had like this like kind of co- like correcting that you put under your foundation to kind of like even out your skin tone I remember that yeah I think I got it like late night shopping network and I yeah. got the packaging and it was red crystals all oh over good it for and, you yeah. mm-hmm. I remember that it yeah. just that took me a minute okay. it's sold on home shopping network so mm-hmm. you'll you
1: have to wait for her program or to come on to buy right. this stuff right so she's one of our sponsors and I'm so excited about that we also have one she um, donated a gift box it's worth about $650 worth of her makeup and it comes in a box and and it's beautiful packaging and everything that you could possibly imagine and we've got it on the list for $495 plus you get all the credits and you get to be on the team and you get to be part of the film and the energy field so you get all of that plus makeup for a lot under what it's valued at We also have, at $75 uh, level, we've got the uh, Runway Runaway Collection chiffon scarf. It's the zebra print Mm -hmm. chiffon scarf. It's the cast and crew scarf. It is exclusive. Only people who are involved in this campaign or in this fashion film are going to have them. I'm not going to be selling them to the public. Um, So those are special. And then we have, you know, going up to the next level, we have... That and we also include the Fashion Icon Archetypes program that I. Uh, created about finding the inner stylist your own inner beauty stylist and so you can feel confident about what you wear how you wear it where you buy it all of that there's the $399 level where you get to have the whole package which includes my book runway runaway Mm -hmm. the fashion icon archetypes quiz the fashion icon archetypes glossy angel cards Um, You get the scarf. So there's all kinds of things like that. And then if you're a film buff, you can go spend a day with our director. He will walk you through the whole production process and all about directing, editing, you know, at what it takes, how to get your film made, things like that. So if you're a film buff and you want to learn how to do your own projects, Go work with our director. He's donated a day for that, a couple days for that. I think there's like two available. Very cool. And then we also have, you know, going up the ladder, we have uh, private parties. You can host your own party where I become your guest of honor and you invite 20 of your best friends and you can have it be a tea party. So it would be like a haute couture fashion tea party. And you invite your girlfriends over and we talk fashion and I give you the quiz. I teach you about the fashion icon archetypes. Everybody gets a book. Everyone gets a scarf and we all play in the fashion business together. Uh You know, we, 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 you know, I teach you how to be your own fashion icon. Why would we want to follow the Kardashians when we each and we're individuals follow your own heartbeat yeah especially when it comes to fashion and fashioning your life and how you dress and how you show up in the world this is what I teach this is what I offer so you get to have me if you're here in LA it's about a thousand dollars if you want to fly me to uh, Nashville or New York it goes all the way up If it's in Santa Barbara uh, Palm Springs San Diego in the surrounding areas uh, I believe the price is at twelve hundred and fifty dollars for that. Plus, you get to be a part of the film. The uh, you know you get your names in the credits and right. all of that too. Name so you, and lights. Everybody gets their name in lights and a shout out on Facebook and a connection to being in the dream team energy field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then continuing, and then if you're really a high roller, you can do you can be one of the ruby. You can wear the ruby slippers, and that means you know finding your way. It's like Wizard of Oz. You can be in the film. We have a shoot date scheduled for March 12th and uh, hopefully that's going to stick. And you can be in the film. You can be in our red carpet scene. You can be uh, in the paparazzi scene and uh, you can come to the festival. You can be part of the cast and you can also be part of the crew. And then up at the $5,000 level, you can be a happy hour honoree. You can be a VIP associate Uh, director and we offer you tickets to the festival for you and your friends and you know vip seating at the festival we're going to have a private cocktail party for you for just you and the cast and crew myself and the director will be there and then if you really want to go for the gold hoops level uh you can be an associate director of the film we will have private dinners with you we're going to put you up in a hotel in la jolla you get to come to the festival you get to bring your closest peeps and then at the diamond studs level if you're really a stud and there's really only one available. Uh, you can be the co-producer of the film, and we give you all of that and more. We're all gonna walk the red carpet. we're gonna be in the you know, on the red carpet together. You get bragging rights from now until eternity. And once the film is done, everyone gets a copy. Everyone can put it on their website saying, "I'm a part of this dream." Mm-hmm. I get to be a part of this dream. My name is on that credits. My name is in lights. I contributed and they, all of these people are supporting you in your dreams too. So
0: beautiful. All right, Food Heals Nation. If you want to be a part of this, you need to go to GoFundMe.com slash dreams with wings and pick the perk that works
1: for you the perk that works (laughs) (laughs) or you could just donate you know we don't mind you know however it works it's all good yeah and you know no matter what I just really want to say if nothing else just share it with your friends just share share tell Mm -hmm. everyone about it and don't let your dreams run away from you
0: so beautiful thank you
1: so much for being here Lorelai thank you Thank you, too. Thank you for having me, and thank you for listening, everybody. We love you. Dream on.
0: Thanks for listening, Food Heals Nation. Today's tweetable comes from Lorelei. Never be afraid to radiate your authentic beauty and let your gift to the world be your presence.
2: If you like that, tweet it to Lorelei at Lorelei Shellist. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. And for all the show notes from today's episode, go to foodhealsnation.com 67.
0: And join our Facebook community at foodhealsgroup.com where you can interact with us, talk to us, post questions, comments, wins, what's going on in your life. We want to hear all about it.
2: Yeah, it is a safe, supportive space for our Food Heals Nation exclusively. Yes. Foodhealsgroup.com. See you next time, Food Heals
0: Nation